Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to episode 38 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobel. Back again is Peter Jones and Todd Widener from um, Parts Unknown in the yes. UK. I'm happy to see both of you. Peter, how are you this evening? Really good, Todd. Thank you. Todd, how are you? Good to be here again. It's been a while. It has been a while. And it's not like 3 a.m., so Peter's going to have even better game today. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it is the Tremont Williams episode. I probably said this many times, but thanks to all the folks that listen to us. We're in 29 states and three countries, plus a bunch of bots have listened to us in like Singapore and Russia and all kinds of places like that. So thank you to those bots for clicking on our links. Appreciate you. Bots count. Yeah. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com. And thanks to Rhonda at RM Management for sponsoring us. We have really been slacking in the cuss jar. So I plan on adding to that today, even though I have put in five bucks because I did not cuss twice. Oh, That's by the way, I still owe from last year. Yeah, you do. Venmo me some yeah. money, boo. Well, you got how much? <laughs> I don't remember. I got, I also have to know, like, you know, I have to I have to try to outdo my the year before. So yeah, you yeah, do. I gotta know the number. Well, right. Go back and listen to every episode. Count down all your customers. <laughs> I thought you had it already totaled up. I did, but I don't know how many are yours and how many are mine. Like I just oh, did we, you know, we're pretty oh, much geez, equal in the cuss jar. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta yeah. So you just have to pay half. I'll let all you right. know after the show. I don't know how many were mine. Yeah, zero. So you owe five bucks per episode, Peter, so come up with it. (laughs) Annie up. That's right. Drop your, yeah, just send me your Venmo and uh, I'll bill you. (laughs) Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at AVGCheese. You can email us AVGCheese at gmail.com. And like I was telling Peter before we started, I am fucking done with Facebook. And I'm going to tell the story why I'm done with Facebook. So if you found us on Facebook, thank you for listening. You're going to have to follow us on Twitter to get any information from us unless Peter decides to put some stuff on Facebook. Here's why. Any idiot can put something on Facebook and it's always something stupid. It's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, this, he's going to quit and play for the Bears. There's all kinds of craziness. But the reason I'm off of Twitter, oh, I'm off of fucking Facebook (laughs) is because I posted Peter's UK draft guide, which is genius, by the way. I am not blowing smoke up your ass. That is amazing. So I need to put a couple cuts there. Um, It's awesome. So I put it on Facebook. It got one like on our on a group and any idiot puts like, hey, look at my new socks, my new Packers socks. Aren't they amazing? And they get like 15 likes. So our Facebook friends, 
if come on over to Twitter. Otherwise, you're not going to get anything from us. And that is the end of my rant. <laughs> that is the end of your rant. rant. Over. Social Stop. media rant. Yeah. Done. Fucking Facebook. <laughs> anyway, let's talk some football. Yeah. Let's do that. Lane Taylor, who I thought for sure was going to be a Packer next year because of his no. injury history, is now with the Texans. Peter, I looked the other day and I saw no financials on Lane Taylor's deal. Have you seen anything? One year, one point two million. And what? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Fuck. Then we should be. Then Lane Taylor should be a Packer right now. Oh, I thought it would be upwards of like four or five million. Like they were taking a, a stretch at him. That's a stupid low number. Is what that is. I mean, what that what that has to indicate is that is that for whatever reason, and who knows what that reason is, the Packers clearly had no interest. Yes, that's what it says. It indicates that that, that injury is there's more to that injury than all that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, could be that. You tag on the fact that he's had a history of of injury. This could be like the the one that kind of sends him into early retirement, or this is like his last shot. So. Great player. I mean, really good player, yeah. but he was, he's been hurt a lot, like you said, Todd. It's tough. Yeah, I thought I just, for sure he'd be in the rotation next year for sure, like competing for a starting jobs. I've said all along, I thought he would be the starting right guard of the yeah, Bay Packers next year. I mean, you, you have to assume that as far as they're able to promise, the, the Texans must have promised him a starting role as right. far as they can at this stage of the year. But And he was, uh, if you remember back to um, last year's training camp, he was smoking training camp. He was undefeated in drills, wasn't he? Yeah, something like that. Gone. That's painful to me. Like, that's a guy that I just assumed would be there. And now, and we'll talk about this at some point, that really pushes tackle or guard up to the top of the list of needs in this draft. And I know we're not talking about the current draft today, but that's something we should talk about early next week. Because I think that 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 line is now a big need. I think offensive line is the biggest immediate need. Without going into too much detail, I think with the injuries, with Taylor going, with Lindsley going, with Bakhtiari's injury, Rick Wagner not being re-signed or being let go, it just feels like that whole line, they certainly need depth there and they certainly need help there, I think. I wrote the notes for these last week. The Aaron Rodgers talk is all over the place. So I started listening to sports radio on the way to work and it's only a seven minute drive. So I get a very abbreviated version of what they're talking about. But the Jordan Love slash Aaron Rodgers talk is really dominating still. It comes up on sports radio almost daily now. Wow. Yeah, in Wisconsin. It's crazy. It's like, what are we doing? We've had this discussion. And I put on Twitter and I sent it to one of the radio guys. And he agreed that we need to pump the brakes on the whole Jordan Love thing. I heard it this morning, though where someone was saying Jordan Love would not be drafted in the first round of this draft, and therefore the Packers missed 100% on Jordan Love. Any thoughts on that? I would agree. I I think Love came out – he came out early for one. I think he was looking at, you know, when agents and everyone else are projecting 
where where and when you should come out of college, right? If it's more beneficial for you to come out after your junior year because the next year's draft is going to be stacked full of quarterbacks and everybody else, well, you come out your junior year. And then you, you know, if there's there's talk of teams that are interested with you in the first round, yeah, you're going to do it. So, I, I mean, I don't blame him. I, I think that's exactly what he did. I think that this year's group is a, is a strange group to, to start off with because, you know, Mac Jones might well go number three in this draft. Nobody will convince me that Mac Jones is in the top 20 or 25 picks in this draft. And yet he's probably, possibly going to go number three. So I'm not, I think Jordan Love's a better prospect than Mac Jones is now Mac Jones is more pro ready than than Jordan than Jordan Love was coming out last year but I think in terms of talent I think in terms of I think in terms of arm I think I think Jordan Love's a better prospect given this five quarterbacks likely to go in the first round this year had Jordan Love come out this year yeah it's quite possibly would have slipped into round two just just by the force of numbers I think is Jordan Love in your opinion better than Mac Jones over the long haul though because I agree with that. I know you're shaking your head, and this is an audio podcast, Peter, but <laughs> but I agree. Me, Jordan yeah. Love has a much larger upside than Mac Jones does. Yeah. The fact that Mac Jones is still projected to go third is bananas to me. I don't know if you've watched a lot of tape. Peter, I know you do. Todd, if you, if you've watched Alabama games. I mean, yeah. Yeah. the one thing that always comes back to me Players at Alabama, LSU, the big two or three Ohio State, they play amongst great players at almost every position. And if you are a quarterback and you're throwing a Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddell and all these dudes who are getting open against guys that are not going to play in the NFL, you don't have to be super accurate. And your line is also full of first-round draft picks. So you're not getting smashed in the mouth and having to run for your life like a lot of guys are. I am. I do not get the Mac Jones thing at all. But to bring it back to Aaron Rodgers, we've talked about it before. We're just going to wait, wait and see, and see what happens. But with you know Aaron Rodgers doing Jeopardy, did either of you see the Aaron Rodgers Jeopardy? You watched it, Peter? I I just I just saw the some clips of it on on NFL Total Access or one of those shows. Okay. He's pretty good. I he think was. it wasn't there one where like the contestant said something like, "What? Why did you kick a field goal?" or something. Yes. Like that. Whose choice was it? Whose choice yeah, was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, that's the only thing I saw. That would have been my another. Question. Well, there was a, go ahead. And it still is my question. So. <laughs> you have that same question if you're yes. on Jeopardy. Yes. There yeah. was another one. There were like, the question was like the, this Midwestern team won five NFL championships or whatever. The answer was the Packers. No one knew it. No one even buzzed in. Did they? Oh, no. I can't remember if they buzzed in or not. But the next question was about the Celtics. And Rodgers was like, oh, but you knew that one? Which I thought was great. He was basically like middle finger to those three contestants for not knowing the Packers, which I thought was spectacular. The other trade rumor that I heard with with Rodgers, which I'm sure is complete, hogwash as well was Rogers to the 49ers for the third overall pick yeah god that doesn't make sense for either to, for either team well it probably makes sense for the 49ers it certainly doesn't make sense for the Packers even if even if they were looking to move on from him you, right. you're looking you're looking to get much more than just the third overall pick for Aaron Rodgers 
And then, you know, if that were the case, what the heck would the Packers do with that third overall pick anyway? Pick Justin pick Fields. Pick Justin Fields? Yeah. yeah. And have, have Love <laughs> and Fields on the <laughs> at the same time. It's just crazy. <laughs> Zero NFL passes between them. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the one, Todd, that someone leaked the Jordan Love to the Patriots? No. Trade? They mm-hmm. said they found it on a computer or something, or like on a computer, like a computer desk, a piece of paper. Well, now now just... there's conspiracies. <laughs> okay. First of all, no NFL GM is typing shit out on their computer and leaving it on their desk. Right. Like, I got to print this out because, right. God forbid, I just leave it on my computer, which is right in front of me. <laughs> so stupid. I got a lot of run, though. It did. Uh, even, even Pat McAfee had it on. He talked about it on his show, apparently. Should have talked about it with Rodgers, but that would have been, <laughs> yeah. been kind of interesting. Yeah. So the question is, then it leads into... Do the Packers trade Jordan Love during a draft? Todd, what do you think? Yes, okay. unequivocally, yes. <laughs> I just don't – I mean, I'm just not sold on him as a player. That I, I, I just don't think he's going to make it in the NFL. I really don't. I think they took a shot. They took a chance. and I think he's got a big arm. He's got an NFL arm. Nobody's going to deny him that. But I don't think playing at this level – that you're ever going to see Jordan Love as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think they, I mean, I think they count their losses now and deal him in the draft and try to address some of the needs that, that we need to get us into the Super Bowl this year. Peter, any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a difficult one. I, 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 I guess I'm sitting on the fence and I'm sitting on the fence just because we don't know what they're thinking. All right. And we don't know Gucci well enough to know whether he would be that quick to admit a mistake if he thought it was a mistake. One of Ron Wolf's greatest strengths was not to make, not to compound one mistake by making, by making another. So if you look back to him bringing in Ray Rhodes for a year, he knew three quarters of the way through that season that Ray Rhodes wasn't the guy. Right. So rather than stick with him, he, you know, he was gone at the end of that year. Yeah. I don't know whether Goot is that guy that's prepared to, after one year, admit, I made a complete mess of it. Jordan Love isn't the guy. Let's let's move on. Because it takes quite a big person to to hold your hands up that quickly to do that. And I guess the other question that goes along with it is, what would they get for him? Yeah. If somebody made an offer that was an offer you can't refuse, and I don't know what that is. Is that a first a late first round pick? So you recoup that pick. Is that an offer you can't refuse? Is a High second round pick and offer you. I, I don't. I don't know what what they would deem that to be, but I guess there is a point somewhere in there where somebody made a, a good enough offer. Then you know. I guess most players, by your top, let's say your top ten players, any anybody else's potential trade bait, aren't they? If the offer's good enough, and you're um, basically like you're almost like covering your mistake. Then at that point, yeah. Too, right? If you get like a golden egg out of it, yeah. Your public facing reputation isn't isn't quite as damaged then at that point. It's kind of covered up. Absolutely. And I do wonder whether they're waiting to see how this draft plays out. So the next 10 days or so before they do anything with Rogers contract, because, because at the point, if they do, let's assume that if they do trade love and they get a late first rounder for him, whatever, they pick a wide receiver attack or, or, or whatever. At the point that they trade Love, unless they draft another quarterback, they've pretty much said Rodgers is the guy for the next three, four, five years. 
And then I think at that point after the draft, they've got to do something with his contract. So mm-hmm. it may be that the, 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 you know, the, they're waiting to see how that whole thing plays out before doing something with Rogers' contract as well. They have to get better than the 26th pick, I think. I think just to save face because he's newer as a GM. I mean, if you trade Jordan Love, let's say, for the a second-round pick, it's too early for that, in my opinion. You know, if you trade him for a sort of straight up and you're saying, okay, it's not admitting the mistake, yeah. first of all. If you trade him for another 26 pick or something like that or something in the range, then you're you're kind of just hedging your bets, like Todd said. There's plenty of need out there, Yeah, right? It's not like he'd be hard to deal. Like there, there's plenty of voids out there of teams that really are in need a lot more than the Packers are. But will they – trade a first round pick for a guy again, who's it's hard to say. Yeah. Let's move on. So I wrote these notes last week. Where's Brett when we need him? Cause there's like nothing to talk about except for like <laughs> mock draft, mock draft. <laughs> and Brett comes through. Brett comes through. He's always got to say something dumb. I love him for that. He has his own XM show or whatever, which I've yeah. never heard before. Yeah. But he was talking about, and I don't want to get political, and I don't want to get into the whole George Floyd thing, but he said something like Derek Chauvin, the guy that was convicted, didn't mean to kill George Floyd, which is sort of a Brett Favre statement. Like, he just hangs it out there. I'm just going to say dumb shit, and I don't care. You know, he just says stuff. So Brett Favre back in the news. If we do a show for 20 more years and Brett Favre is still on the planet for those 20 more years, we can almost count on him to say something dumb about four or five times a year. I've got to get a copper fit muzzle for his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Dumbass. He's a fucking clown. Sometimes there are no words. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what he just comes. He always comes out of the woodwork at the oddest times and says the most off the wall things. It makes you start to wonder about, the impact of like concussions and everything. (laughs) (laughs) He's been hitting the head too much. Seriously. (laughs) I mean, all joking aside, I mean, there, there could be something going on there. I don't know. That I think he just says stuff to like my show's ratings are starting to dip. So I need to say something crazy. Well, early on when we first started talking about him and all the dumb shit that he was saying, he, uh, I mean, that's when he was, that was like right before, his, you know, the kickoff of his XM show. So I think he was right. getting himself out there and kind of, I don't know, just saying out- outlandish things in order to get some whatever you want to call it for his show. He was doubling down on the stupid, yeah. trying to get his ratings going. Peter, let's talk about your draft preview, which again is spectacular. The amount of time you must have spent on that is, I read a lot of that stuff, man, on my phone. <laughs> Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you did. It, it, um, so it it goes back about four, about 40 years when I just used to do stuff for myself. And then it used to be just a group of friends. And then when football started kicking off here, it was a wider group of friends. And then it got a bit out of hand and I stopped it for a while. But, you know, it starts about 18 months in advance. So I've, so I've already written sections of, of next year's. It's just good fun. It's a bunch of opinions. It's a bunch of trying to put some facts out there and 
people take it for you know just take it for what it is it's 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 a guide that's got stuff in there that people will agree with and stuff in there that people won't agree with it's it's good fun and had lots of great feedback again this year certainly from lots of people in the in the in the UK and and, and the wider community so yeah it's good yeah I thought it was great because you look at all these mock drafts like now you can go on a website any clown can do a mock draft and if you are on Twitter at all you know that everybody's doing a mock draft. Every Packer fan, Raider fan, any fan of the NFL is doing their own mock draft. Like, oh, look, I picked Zayvon Collins, and that's an A minus. And then the rest of them are Ds. Like, I'm an idiot, you know? Like, I don't get it. If anyone, if you've ever played fantasy football before, you understand how the draft goes. And now we're talking about like when you draft for fantasy football, it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense kicker right but in the nfl it is all the positions so you see like how random a fantasy football draft can go now put you know 20 more positions into the draft and people are like projecting like this team's gonna trade like there it's impossible (laughs) yeah ridiculous i mean part of the problem with with mock draft and some people love them and that's i tend not to do them but part of the problem with them is you know, you've only got to get one pick wrong, if you like, and the whole thing falls apart. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so let's, you know, we're, we're thinking Mac Jones is going to the 49ers at three, but say they take Justin Fields or Trey Lance, then all of a sudden, every other pick after that is wrong because where are we yeah. going to slot Mac Jones back into this, mm-hmm. into this group? And and then of course you get the players that may well drop on draft day, like Caleb Farley may well drop. But we don't know. We don't know if right. he does drop, how far he's going to drop. So it's, it just becomes complete, complete guesswork. So. Yeah, it's not it's not entertainment to me, at least for me. I can't stand it. Like every <laughs> other day, somebody's doing a pro football. Yeah, it, or, yeah, or, it, would, it wouldn't, see, wouldn't be so bad if there were fewer of them. But yeah, like, yeah. like you say, there's thousands of them. Which, I mean, which, mo- most of the ones on ESPN you have to pay for now and shit. You can't even have it like with a regular, you can't even like, do a normal search you have to pay for the membership or whatever it's not pro football reference it's pro football pro football focus have got one focus. Pro, that's pro the football one I network see have got one yeah yeah and it's like <laughs> whatever it, it's such speculation like i don't want to deal with that much what? speculation one of the good things about their one, though, I will I will put a plus in the box for them, is is that is trying to make as tr- many trades as you can to see how many seventh round picks you can end up with. <laughs> so you start off by trading your first round pick for like a second and a third round, and then you trade your second round pick for a third and a fourth round, and you keep going and see how many how many seventh round picks you can end up with. That's that's quite good fun. Yeah, and you said or, told it, me it, the other day it amuses me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Peter was telling me on Twitter that he had like he traded all the way to the seventh round and picked like eight quarterbacks or something like that. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. For the Packers. Especially, especially for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Because <laughs> that would have just lit up the swear drawn a real day. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the best and worst draft picks in Packer history. Ty, you want to start? Let's start with the best. I guess my list was I, I just went through the number one picks from Packers history. And then I kind of ranked them from one to, you know, I did the top, my top five of the best. And then I did the bottom feeders, the work to <laughs> the top five worst. So I think it's just a no brainer. I mean, I think the best number one pick they've ever had is Aaron Rodgers, And I think that goes without saying there's, 
I mean, he's by far, you know, he doesn't have as many rings maybe as he should, but I don't think that's his fault. Coming out in 2005, sat on the bench a few years behind Brett. I think undoubtedly he's he, he's the number one. And especially when you consider how far he dropped in that draft to pick 24 or 25, whichever it was, whichever it was, my memory. Yeah. You know, that, that just, it's not even like, you know, you got the number one overall pick. You know, this is the 25th or 24th pick in the in the first round, which makes it even more exceptional. Ted Thompson's first draft pick, his best draft pick. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. That was his yeah. first? Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. It was all downhill from there, but that was... Um... <laughs> yeah. You're picking a first yeah. ballot Hall of Famer with your first pick ever. It's really no... You can't go up. It's really yeah. tough to go up from there. Yeah. Unless you get a second round pick that's a first round, <laughs> our first, oh, I can't even say it. I think you know what I mean. Hopefully you do. So I'm with you on Aaron Rodgers because, you know, Brett Favre, first ballot Hall of Famer, not a Packer draft pick. So, Peter, to go off of that, and I did not prep you for this, how many Packer draft picks were first ballot Hall of Famers? You know, not as many as we'd like to think. So this whole thing about first ballot Hall of Famers is almost a something that we've seen more of in the last 15 to 20 years. So even the likes of Willie Davis and Paul Horning and Henry Jordan and obviously Jerry Kramer and, and lots of those guys that we relate to back from that 60s team weren't, weren't first ballot Hall of Famers. So the numbers, I don't know what the number is, but it's low. Horning for sure didn't get in the first no. ballot because of the whole gambling thing, yeah. right? Dave Robinson, I'm going to guess, wasn't no, on, no. on the first year. I'm looking down the list. So I, I wish that, I was this smart so, all these guys. So, so Bart Starr would have been. Okay. Because um, he played until, what, 71 was his last year. So Bart Starr was. Jerry I don't know. clearly wasn't. No, there, there, weren't, there weren't many. There weren't many. Yeah, I'm with you, Todd. That he he is the best pick ever. Keep yeah. going. Uh, then I had number two. I have Lofton. I mean, I grew up watching him. Hall of Famer. You know, over fourteen thousand yards and seventy five touchdowns for the Packers. That and the 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 one stat that always sticks out with me is when you look at the receivers in the Hall of Fame. Their average per catch. His is just like it's way above. I, I want to say it's eighteen, but maybe that's. Maybe Peter knows, but I, 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 thought it was, I think that's that right. right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's crazy. You know what I mean? 18 yeah, averaged 18 yards a catch over his career. So that just always stood out to me and I grew up watching him. So uh, I was a big uh, James Lofton fan and I didn't even realize that he went to Stanford until I like looked him up. So smart dude too. Number two is James Lofton for me. I would totally agree with that. And, and I think it's difficult for people that didn't see him play to understand what a great athlete he was. Yeah. Just a great, great football player. And that 78 draft, the Packers had two number one. So John Anderson was also a first round pick in that draft. So that was a pretty, That's a pretty first damn round. good first, yeah. first round for the Packers. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, certainly never argue with, with James Lofton there. And it wasn't like he had these Hall of, you know, even like uh, really good quarterbacks throwing to him. I mean, he had Lynn Dickey throwing to him most of the time, which, you know, I mean, Dickey for his, he was all right, you know? Yeah, he was throwing off of two broken legs all the time. So he's pretty yeah, good he had, for that. He had well, cement, cement in his cleats. Well, that, I mean, but, but that's exactly right. You know, that 78 season was one of the ones that Dickey was injured for. David Whitehurst was the starting quarterback in 78. Yeah. That was my first year following the Packers. Yeah. And um I would say it was mine too. And then of course Dickie was 
injured on and off and towards the end of you know Lofton's career we would have seen Randy Wright and yeah, you know, even the like they they were wheeling out guys like Vince Ferragamo and and oh, Chuck Messina and you know yeah. Jim Zorn, Jim Zorn and all kind all kinds of oh guys all kinds of retreads <laughs> way past their prime that no one else wanted but the Packers yeah. were like well maybe this guy who's 800 years old can't play maybe we can get one more year out of him Todd I think that's that's really the key right there what you said he played on a lot of shit teams. Yeah, he did. And still had crazy stats. And I mean, it wasn't 80s, like. Yeah, the 80s were rough. Yeah. It was rough. The miracle was still fans after all of that. <laughs> yeah. They were really bad. And for him to come up statistically like that and get into the Hall of Fame and be amongst those everyone else at his position and be that that much further ahead statistically than some of the other receivers in the in the Hall of Fame is amazing. Absolutely. And then and then still doing it, still being as great as he was in those Buffalo teams that got to the Super Bowl when Lofton seemed like he was about 45 years of old yeah. wow. at, that, at, that, at that point. Wow. I was just going to say that. He was old then <laughs> in his I mean 30s. In, when you're in your 30s as a receiver, you are old. Yeah. He was a great player and it wasn't like now so in 2020, you're getting beat by 20. You throw the ball 50 times a game. I think you'd be hard-pressed to go back and look at Packer teams, you know, in the 70s and 80s when he played. They, they weren't throwing it 50 times a game. You know, the game was different back then. There was a lot more running. There were a lot less possessions. Yeah, I'm with you. This is a great number two. I totally agree with this. I think Lawton is the second-best pick ever. Keep going. Uh, number three, Horning. I mean, I think that goes without saying. I mean, if you, if if you've got you know Rogers and Loft and the very next name that's at the tip of everybody's tongue has got to be Paul Horning, without a doubt. Nineteen fifty-seven um, Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, in Packers folklore and history, I don't I don't know that there's kind of that's that elite set of players that kind of define the Packers. You know, their history and 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 the brand and everything else and you know, he, he's just that name that always sticks out and he's meant so much to the organization and, and, and the teams of uh, during that time frame. So he, he's my number three. Can't argue with that. And of course, back then in 57, he was the last of the he was the first overall pick in that draft. But it was a bonus. It was a bonus pick. Right. Back then, they, you know, they did this ballot where every team over the years got the got the bonus pick. And, and, and Paul Horning was that, you know, won the Heisman Trophy the previous year for, for Notre Dame on, on a losing team. The only player to do that, and yeah, just I Todd summed it up. You you just can't think of Packers hit you know, Packers history without Paul Horning. It's one of the first names, one of the very first names that comes comes to your mind. So this is where I would have to. I, I don't disagree that Paul Horning is iconic. I mean, with the Packers, I think Bart Starr goes here, and I think Bart Starr goes here because of what we've talked about many times over the last season. It's it's value. Bart Starr was like a 15th round pick or something like that. Yeah. I mean, th th I narrowed this search down to number ones, but. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I was just thinking as best picks ever. And, I, and I, you did say that, that these yeah. are your best number ones. But these are me, the, you know, according to the draft, these are the players that were drafted number one by the Packers. My fourth one's uh, Herb Adderley, another Hall of Famer, pretty much a no brainer here as well. I mean, 48 interceptions with the Packers. 
and again, he's he's not one of those names that you know when you're at Lambeau and you look up and you look around, you know you always see Adderley everywhere. So um, he was from what 1961 draft, you know, number 12 pick overall. So I've got him as number four. Up until having Charles Woodson, you know, Adderley's without question the number one corner in in Packers history, and you can make a case for Woodson Adderley. It doesn't really matter, but yeah, absolutely. Came to the Packers as a running back, converted huh. by by Vince and Phil Bankston to, to corner and yeah, the rest oh. is history and, and played in four of the first six Super Bowls as well. So wow. played obviously two with the Packers and then two with the Cowboys. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. You know, I don't want to get into this and we, maybe we can talk about this next week, but I see athletes. I'm a big, let's draft athletic players. Like as that long new, as, as long as they wrestle, right? Long as they wrestle, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you read my mind, um, but I like athletes. Like a like Herb Adderley, that's exactly what I want. A guy that could do th- multiple things. That's what Lafleur wants too, right? A guy that can do multiple things. Better athletes. There's that new Raz Ras metric that that's being floated around this year in the draft. And Herb Adderley would be one of those guys, right? He'd be a high Raz guy. If you can play running back and then switch to defensive back, which is a completely different skill set and athleticism, and then become a Hall of Famer on top of that, not just be a great player, but go switch positions and then be a Hall of Famer at a different positions. That's incredible. Yeah. And then to round out the list of uh, best number ones. For the Packers, I have uh, Dave Robinson, who is also a Hall of Famer. And admittedly, I probably know the least about, uh, but he was from the 1963 draft, number 14 overall. I believe he played linebacker. So, but yes, I, I have him rounding out the top the top number ones. We'll defer to you, Peter, with the, as the historian of this group. Yeah, so left outside linebacker, played at Penn State, so was the first of that. Penn State kind of became linebacker U with the likes of Jack Ham later on and Shane Conlon and Matt Millen, I guess, went to Penn State. There's a whole bunch of linebackers that went to Penn State, but Dave Robinson was kind of the first. Um, took over at the left linebacker spot from my great friend, Dan Curry. And Dan was traded to the to the Rams. Dave Robinson could do it all from that spot. You know, he he, he could blitz, play the run, cover the tight ends. Could do it all. So it's yeah, ec- excellent pick. Only just recently got inducted into the Hall of Fame just three or four years ago. So yeah. I like Todd's list. I guess I was going in a different direction. So I have some guys in mind, but any guys not on this list, they don't have to be number ones. Guys that you thought were like the best picks in here history. Yeah, it's, it's quite difficult. I mean, the draft that always comes to mind is 1958. Although the num- Dan Curry was the number one pick there, Packer Hall of Famer, all pro, but wasn't a pro football Hall of Famer. The second round was Jimmy Taylor. The third round was Ray Nitschke. The fourth round was Jerry Kramer. So you got three Hall of Famers in the first four picks there. The rest of the draft, the 20 odd rounds in that draft were nothing to write home about whatsoever. But I guess if you get three Hall of Famers out of one draft. So that would be probably the number one draft itself. But But there aren't, any, you know, number one picks that spring to mind as being, you know, obviously not on not on this list. You know, there's a whole bunch on the on the worst list that we'll get to, but <laughs> but uh that was the easiest uh, list. <laughs> it's it's a yeah, that's a that's a good list. I like that. I looked at it a little differently. Like I said with Bart Starr, Bart Starr was probably the highest value pick 
of in Packer history, you know, with the 15th, 16th, 17th round or whatever he was, yeah. 17th, did you say? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know that you get better than that. Now, granted, yeah. there's only seven rounds in the draft now, so you'll never get better than that. Bart Starr is like in that list for me of best draft picks ever. And although he will never be a pro football Hall of Famer, I would say Donald Driver is one of those high value seventh round pick Packer Hall of Famer, amazing statistics out of nowhere. You know that I would say Donald Driver is one of the best picks in Packer history. Yeah, absolutely. Can't disagree with that. Seventh rounder. Absolutely. Tyler, let's go on with your worst list. <laughs> See what you got. The there. Worst, the worst number one picks of the Green Bay Packers all time. I think this goes along with everybody knows what who number one is, right? I mean, it, it's it, you don't have to uh, even be a football fan or a Green Bay fan to even know who the worst one is, right? Without further ado, Tony Mandarich, 1989, number two uh, pick overall. What a disaster. I mean, and not just for the Packers, but like when whenever you – they talk about the just the NFL – broad spectrum right of the worst picks ever the the biggest flops ever in the nfl he's always mentioned it's like him ryan leaf but yeah the there's marcus russell <laughs> yeah, the list goes on but mandridge really stands out and you know i'll i i kind of empathize with the guy a bit because i don't know if you've ever seen have you ever seen the 30 30 on him no on espn it's actually pretty good and i give the guy credit because Number one, he agreed to do it. And he came full circle. If you ever watched that interview with Mandarich uh, on uh, 30-30, they went and tracked him down. It's it's a recent one. He didn't hold back, man. I mean, he was like, yep, admitted to everything. Yep, I used performance-enhancing drugs. I was a drug addict. I was this. I was that. I was, you know, I was all fucked up. And yeah, I mean, he, he didn't hold back, man. He just, he laid it all out there. I thought that took a lot of guts to do that all these years later. Think about the years and the decades that have gone on where his name is just synonymous with bust, you know, a, being a bust, yeah. right? Did he deserve it? Yeah, in a way. Was he the token? Yeah, I mean, he he really it, it went it went over, and I think he it would have been more well deserved if he would have just been a dick like all all these decades, right? <laughs> But he wasn't. I mean, he he just he admitted to it. He just said, "Yeah, you know." I, now you look in comparison to like all these other. You know, I'm switching sports, but it's still the same topic with like Bonds and all these other guys who are going to be Hall of Famers in their sports that use performance enhancing drugs. They're never going to sit down in an interview like that. Never in a million years are they going to sit down. Who is the guy in Chicago? Uh, Sammy Sosa. Did you ever see the interview with him? He got up and walked out. He, till this day, even in interviews, denies ever doing performance-enhancing drugs. At least Mandarich sat down, came full circle, and while well, I'm not going to bump him down the list, he's still number one worst. At least he did that. So I, th- I think he, it shows that he's got at least some, he's got some value still left in him. So, and, and he went to the Colts and had an okay career. I mean, he did get his shit together after a few years. So, But yeah, he still is my number one worst. Can't argue with that. So there's an article about Tony Mandrich in the draft guide that you mentioned earlier. Can't argue about that. It's an interesting one because without doubt, the worst pick in Packers draft history 
So there was a few buts on that. And I think the main one for me was that any team picking at number two in that draft would have picked Tony Mandrich. And it just so happened that the Packers happened to be sitting in that number two spot and picked him. And, you know, and we saw the picks that went after him, Barry Sanders and Dion Sanders and um, the guy from Kansas City, the past Derek rugby, Thomas. Derek Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. So those were the three picks that came after him. But any of those teams would have picked Mandrich had they been sitting at, num- at number two. There was such a buzz around, you know, he was almost ordained, wasn't he, as a pro football Hall of Famer before he'd ever played a down in in, in, in pro football. And, and of course, and then, it, you know, all that stuff started coming out about the, the steroids and, and, and whatever else. And then the guy couldn't, wasn't the greatest pass blocker in the world, played at Michigan State as a right tackle. The Packers saw him as a left tackle, which was bizarre in itself because they had Kenny Rutgers back then. It was the whole thing was just was was just weird, and it does absolutely add up to the worst draft pick in in Packers history. He held out too. He did, yeah. You know, that, that on top of it, I mean, yeah, that was, that was another thing. He held out, and it yeah. didn't do him any favors as well. So the problem for me, I mean, Mandridge sucked, right? That's number one. <laughs> but what you said. He is surrounded by Hall of Famers in the top yeah. five, and that further compounds that. It was a bad draft pick. Mm-hmm. But if you remember back to that time, Tony Mandarich just plowed over guys in the Big Ten like they were children. He just brutalized people. Now, yeah, I didn't even realize I didn't put the whole left tackle, right tackle thing together. He played at Michigan State. They never threw the ball in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. How was he going to play left tackle in the NFL? Now, granted, it was a different league. It was the late 80s, early 90s. They weren't left tackle wasn't the premium position that it is today. But you are asking a guy to do something that he has never done. If Michigan State threw the ball 20 times in a game in the 80s, that was a lot. They ran the football. That's all they did. He was so hyped up. I remember the Sports Illustrated where he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He looks like Adonis, like he was chiseled out of concrete. Like he looked the part. And to think that he wasn't take steroid, taking steroids, right. it was the 80s, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he looked like no other lineman of his time. He was jacked. And there, I mean, to think that he wasn't taking steroids is kind of funny. Right. We had kids on our high school wrestling team in the late 80s taking steroids for no money at all. So anyway, that's something I should probably cut out. But anyway, let's go on to number um, two. I mean, I'm trying to remember back. Wasn't there a story out of Green Bay like somebody shot his dog or something like that? Like way back when? I could have swore there was something like that had happened, which is totally (laughs) unnecessary, but yeah, he... let's move on to number two because I'm there's, in there's a, da- yeah. there's a da- Dan Divine story about his dog being shot, but that's that's a story for another day. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, number two, I have Justin Harrell, 2007. Uh, this was probably in, in in at least recent years the um, that I can remember actually watching the draft and and going who who Justin Harrell? I believe he's out of Tennessee. I think he only played. He was hurt most of his career. I think he maybe squeezed out two and a half seasons, full seasons out of out of Tennessee. Never didn't play a full four years. And then he got he got to the Packers and just was 
abysmal. I don't know. I, I think he only, play, I think he only hung around um, a couple of years, I think. So I, I have, I have him as number two. Peter, didn't he come out early? Wasn't just a hero early off the top of my head. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, re- don't remember. And certainly at, te- at Tennessee, I think they thought they were getting the next Reggie White. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number 16 overall. And I mean, yeah. he only played in 14 games for the Packers. Yeah. And earned himself a Super Bowl ring as part of the 2010 team, even though he was in, uh, oh, injured. True. injured. I think I think he played one year in one game in 2010. And I think I'm right in saying um, off the top of my head that he had a grand total of zero career sacks. Yes, that is um, correct. <laughs> you are correct. You are correct. He actually... So it, fit, it fit in nicely with one or two names that we could... Yeah. <laughs> this year, but... Right. Yeah, he, had, <laughs> he had nothing. He, he doesn't have a stat line at all. Little Justin Harrell. God, is he abysmal. And at, at number three, this could have been – these two could have been swapped, right? And Dale, I think you can probably talk to him more because um, I think you had him in the notes uh, up above. But I, I have Rich Campbell of 1981, number six overall. I mean, how awful was Rich Campbell? And – just painful to watch. It goes without saying, you know, if you're going to round out the top five of number one picks, the worst number one picks for the Green Bay Packers, you have to mention Rich Campbell. And the problem with Rich Campbell is it was such a need, right? The Packers needed a quarterback so desperately, and he was terrible. <laughs> like, he, he I, was he throwing the ball with the wrong hand? Because he had no arm strength whatsoever. In he was the sixth pick, yeah. you know. So if you look at six picks now, right. granted, there's a lot of hit or miss in the first round, but rarely the sixth pick is usually a, almost a for sure thing, right? It should be at least you're going to get something out of him. But <laughs> Rich Gamble played in seven total games <laughs> as mm. the sixth pick in the draft in two in 2021. He gets drafted as the sixth pick. He's going to get a full season almost guaranteed because he's the sixth pick in the draft, and you have to see how bad he sucks. But he never – all those shit quarterbacks that the, court, the Packers had, and Rich Campbell could only manage seven games. Yeah. And my favorite part is he had more interceptions than he had games played. Way to go, Rich. The, the original – First round draft quarterback out of California. I think the other guy did the, the other guy did a bit better. A little bit. <laughs> um, what makes this pick even worse is is and this is well well documented in some of these books behind me is that the Packers Bart Starr was the de facto general manager then of the Packers. They'd made their mind up the night before that they were going to pick Ronnie Locke. When the pick came up, apparently between the night before and the pick coming up, Bart Starr changed his mind and didn't tell anybody and decided that Rich Campbell was his guy. Ronnie Locke absolutely should have been that pick. Yeah. That was a <laughs> it just makes, makes oh. you feel better, doesn't it? Can we push Rich Campbell up to two now? Because I feel like... <laughs> That's what I was saying. I mean, Ronnie Locke. he and Justin Harrell are kind of interchangeable. Like 2A and 2B and you could flip-flop yeah. them. Yeah. God oh, bless man. him. The only reason I had Harold up there, well, yeah. I mean, I think based on Harold, he he just, you know, he he had zero college experience too. I mean, he just came. I don't I, I don't know. He was just a complete unknown when they drafted. Going back to Justin Harold, I don't know why I remember this. 
but my daughter was super young. My kids were super young. And we went to Wisconsin Dells for a mini vacation with the family. And I like pulled the car over when they were like about to pick the Packers are on the clock and I got sports radio and the radio station is horrible. So I'm trying to like find a good spot and I pull over and Justin Harrell. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I couldn't cuss. Cause I got my three-year-old kid in the car, you know, I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> now I can do that with my kid in the car, but yeah, I'll never forget that. I don't know why I remember that, but pulled the car over this is going to be great. We're going to get a great pick here. And we got some guy that never. No one yeah. Next up. Number four is Derek Sherrod, 2011, number 32. Overall, he played, he played in 20 total games, total flop, just a terrible overall pick as a number one. And then his career was over. I mean, he only played from 2011 to 2014 and he was finished. So he, he went to no other teams afterwards that was it for him so absolute abysmal pick yeah i mean mississippi state was he was a surprise number one pick as it as it was as, as lots of those guys seem to be broke his leg badly towards the end of his first year and that pretty much fin- finished finished his career it took him about two years i think just to recover from that injury and i don't remember the details of it but I, i'm given how long it took him to recover i'm guessing it was some kind of compound fracture, probably multiple fractures. I just, I just don't remember the detail. Another one of those guys. And the last, I think I'm right in saying, and I, I may be wrong, but I, there's something in the back of my mind that says before Jordan Love, he was like the last offensive player the Packers took in the first round. Yeah, before the injury, he sucked before that. So That is 100% correct. It was something the last about- first round pick that the Packers had that was an offensive player. Yeah. Scared him all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I mean, he was one of those that was a surprise pick to begin with. You know, it's one of those guys that I, I don't think anybody was pr- projecting to go in the first round. And I guess he was the very last pick in the first round that year because it's the year after the Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. just another one of those guys, unfortunately, who's easily forgotten, sadly. You know? I yeah, I forgot he was a first round pick. I, I don't know why I had second round pick in my head, but yep. yeah, he was the last pick in the first round the year yep. after the Packers won the Super Bowl. Rounding out the top five, Jamal Reynolds, who basically I had completely forgotten about. He was number 10 overall pick in 2001. Had a good old two years with the Packers. I mean, basically just a ghost. He never really did anything. Looking through his stat line, he has nothing. I mean, virtually nothing. He played in only hit 18 game total in, in three years, so... He goes to what I was saying before. Florida State was a powerhouse in the late 80s, right? Early 90s, and then through that, so through that decade of the 90s, too. He seemed like one of those guys that just all he did was run around the end. He had no pass rush moves whatsoever. He was the precursor to your buddy Nick Perry, Todd, Jamal yeah. Reynolds. But Jamal Reynolds had even less skill. He wasn't very big, if I remember right. And he had no pass rush moves, and all he did was run the outside. That he ran the outside to three total sacks in his career, and he was under that Florida State. I'm playing next to a really good player, so I'm not getting double teamed, and I, I made it to the NFL with no real skill or talent. Yeah, I mean, he was basically when I saw the name, I was like, who? And then I sort of remembered, and I was like, oh my god, 
I started looking through through stuff, and man, those are just terrible. Eighteen games as a first round yeah. pick. It's yeah. very like number, n- hey, number ten overall. Not much to add. Add to it. The longer we talk about him, we could end up talking longer than he played. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just I've got a feeling that was Ron Wolf's last draft, and, and I'm pretty sure that, that if that's the case, that's going to be his worst draft pick. Yeah. And then I gave a uh, I gave an honorable mention to Dayton Jones, 2013, n- number 26 overall. He, I think he only played three years of the Packers or something. But he, the reason he got an honorable mention is he's by some act of God, he's still in the NFL somehow. I think he's with the Las, Las Vegas Raiders. I think he's in the CFL. I thought I saw. He's still around. I don't know. But how. he's still playing football, which is a miracle. Yeah. So playing he, football. That got him out of the top five that, that he's actually still playing football for a living. So he's been on a lot of practice squads and stuff, like a lot of like that 53rd guy type thing. Yeah. And for a first round pick, not good. And I, I, I just remember Dayton Jones, you know, he was drafted, I think, as a defensive end, but I always felt like he was playing inside, like more as a tackle. And maybe, yeah. maybe it's just because it was a 3-4 defensive end. I don't know. But I feel like I never remember him being out on the edge. And I always thought he was a bit small to be playing in, you know, the three technique or like that inside position that he played. Yeah, he sucked. So yeah, he sucked. whether he was inside or outside, it didn't matter. And then like I, I guess the last thing I wanted to add is just like when I was like, you know, just like scrolling through all, all the drafts and all the numbers and all the names and, and everything else. And I was just kind of like looking through and I didn't realize that T-Buck, he played in 209 games. Yes. T-Buck played in 209 games, which is more than Aaron Rodgers. Wow. I thought that was an interesting stat, but I like, I, I you know, cause when you, when you look through that column of games played, Right. I mean, not too many players are you know, even like a 150s is, you know, when you exceed like 150, I mean, that's a it's a pretty solid career. But if you look through that column of, of to really look around and also T buck, it's like 209. It's like, damn. Yeah. It's more games than yep. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has played. Of course, a bunch of those were with Miami, of course, at the end at the end of his. But, so, you know, it's a lot of games. It's an NFL player. That is that is a lot of games. And 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 you have to be a half-decent NFL player, whichever team you end up on, to play for 209 games. You know, you're not sticking around that long if you can't play. Again, it's a good, it's a good list of, of the worst picks. There's two or three other kind of oddities. 1985, the Packers traded away their first-round pick for Mossy Cade. Well, we, don't, we won't go into the whole story of Mossy Cade, but, you know, that turned into a disaster. And I think it was 1980, they, they drafted Bruce Clark. Yeah. Who, who who told them that he wouldn't play for the Packers and ended up going to the CFL and then eventually to, to the Saints. Oh. Um, and they drafted him anyway. Similar thing happened in 59. They had the overall number one pick in 59 and drafted a quarterback, Randy Duncan, out of Iowa, who said that he wouldn't play with the Packers. They drafted him anyway. Ended up going to the CFL and various and various places. There's been some oddities. And there's a, there's a Joe Montana story about the 79 draft, which we'll probably... We'll save for another show. There's a that's quite a story there, but he should have been a Packer as well. Anything else you want to add before we blow this place? This has been cool. It's reminded us of 
some players we probably didn't want to be reminded of. Let's just hope we end up with more of an Aaron Rodgers type. doesn't have to be a quarterback, but that level of player in this draft rather than one of the ones on the later list that we went yeah. through. No that. more Jamal Reynolds. <laughs> we don't need any of those freaking idiots. Yeah. All right. So thanks for listening to episode 38. That's all I got. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.